Hello and welcome to Team with Tess, a weekly gathering of women across the world. I'm Tess Yana, co-senior pastor of Link Church and the founder of the Link Sisterhood and Team with Tess. This moment was created with the heart to encourage and equip you in your own personal faith journey. As we explore God's Word, I want to encourage you to lean in, subscribe and keep showing up as we go somewhere beautiful together. This is a place where you'll hear from me and some of my special friends that are near to my heart. For more information and resources, why don't you visit teawithtest.com or connect with me on Instagram, Tessiana. Jacket of all time. Well, yesterday was Africa Day, and because of other things, and I'll get to that now, my world is slightly chaotic, <laughs> and um, it's it's amazing actually, beautiful opportunities. But it means that I feel like I'm on the back foot. So this is me celebrating Africa Day a day late, but with you guys, and in 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 honor of Africa Day, I have this beautiful mug. It's actually called the Ubuntu mug. So last week I used my Africa mug, which is from the same, it's called Royal Haim in the Cape. They do this mug called Ubuntu mug and you'll know that I'm very passionate about Ubuntu because it means I am because we are. Um, basically it's an African proverb or African philosophy that, that tells us that we are who we are because of others. And essentially, um, sisterhood and all that I've endeavored to build here at Link Church for women it really is founded upon that truth that we are because of other people. We are, we are better when other people are better and when you win, I win and when you bring your best self to the table, I can become better too. It's a really amazing thing. So um, I'm celebrating Africa day to day, the, the real beautiful um, reality that as Africans, we carry the spirit of Ubuntu. Sometimes we may forget it. We like to build our own empires and get lost in the way, but actually Ubuntu is in the very fiber of our being and we need to um, tap into that because it's our secret specialness that we bring to the planet. I love Africa. I believe God has called me here to build something in this nation and on this continent and I'm very excited about doing that alongside other incredible carriers of the gospel, truth bringers, preachers, Perhaps even you see yourself as someone who's going to bring that to this continent. And I love that. We're doing this together. So, hello and welcome to Tea with Tessa's celebration of Africa Day. I'm wearing my, I actually don't know what it's called, but I was gifted this jacket. The brand is Chess Chippa. It's a Chippa jacket. And they are very proudly South African. Dill's got one as well. We were gifted them by good friends. And... We love them. They're very much out there and um, speak to who we are as Africans. So that's amazing. Okay, so a little bit of my world, just so that you don't think I'm superhuman and carry on all the time <laughs> in a way that is not true. But um, so, because I'm writing a book, I was not going to share this um, publicly for many reasons. One, because I um, I have this, I'm really wrestling with this um, fear of failing in this space. Like I, I cannot explain to you how um, this process is unraveling my inner self. Um, I have cried more in this process to date than I have in a long time. And so basically, Long 
story short, we were asked, um, we were given the opportunity, um, I was given the opportunity to do something. If I could do anything right now, what would I do? And um, I said, I'd like to do a course that helps you write a book in 100 days. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I took on this challenge, it was gifted to me. I'm very grateful for the generosity of people. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been very, very humbling, to say the least, to take a thought perhaps just an essence of something that I perhaps carry and want and believe in and now try and put it into 40,000 words. It is hard. It's pulling more from me than I would like to give. It's taking more from me than I perhaps want to bring to the table. And so why am I telling you this? Because I, the test that is full of pride and is full of fear and doesn't want to show failure and doesn't want to believe in the impossible, that test would keep it a secret so that if I failed and I didn't finish and it was a complete disaster, no one would ever know. It would just be little me, who knows? And then I could carry on and you know, shove it under the rug and never have to deal with it again. But the problem is, is that now that I know what I know, about myself and about who God is and what he's calling me to, that's just not good enough. Um, and so after some speaking with a great friend last night, I see she's online, I just felt, um, I just felt this community safe for me. And if I'm going to share this anywhere, this is where I want to share it. I want to tell you that I'm on a journey to write a book. It's called, I don't know what it's called. At the moment I'm calling it my yes book. And um, it's basically, the journey of saying yes and I've done three and three quarter chapters that's what I've done and I've got to do uh, basically the rest in about a month uh, to six weeks so why am I telling you this because I love you and I feel safe here and I want to be accountable and I want to let you know that I'm afraid and I am not afraid of the process I'm afraid of um, I'm afraid of failing. Um, so I would love you to pray for me. Just that God would give me the supernatural space and time and ability to do something that I'm really struggling to do. It's not so much that I don't know what to do. It's that I'm really battling with the time um, factor. I've got a busy full life. So do we all, but it is what it is. And um, I'm having to write till late at night, I'm having to write early hours of the morning, I'm just having to write whenever I can. And so it is. it does have an implication, is what I'm saying, and I would love you to pray for me as I continue to do this, and God willing, I will have a book that I can bring to the world right now. I'm hating everything that I write as well, which is also part of the struggle. Um, I can only say this here because I know that you guys are amazing and you won't judge me but I literally want to vomit when I read what I write <laughs> so we're not it's not it's not at a great point right now I'm waiting for the breakthrough but anyway that is where I am if you want to meet with me and talk with me if I don't reply to your DMs if I am slow on the uptake it's not because I don't love you it's because I need to I need to put my head down to something that I do believe God is asking me to say yes to even though every part of me wants to say no right now 
So that is me. I am excited about it nonetheless. And I know that, um, I know that what God has for me on the other side of this is greater than if I did nothing. So I'm just saying yes to do something that I believe he's called me to do. And, um, would love you to partner with me and pray for me and all the things. Um, just want to also celebrate. I see Nandes on here, Nandes podcast. I know we all love Nandes. We need to just celebrate each other. Nandes podcast turning one this year. She's got an amazing opportunity to hear from some great people. So if you want to go and check that out, you need to go and find her on Instagram. Sign up for that. I think it's a Zoom happening this weekend. But we do celebrate you, Nanda, and all that God is doing through you. Um, guys, Nanda and I are actually doing this book writing thing together as well. So look, that's another story, God's story. But God is really pulling a lot from his girls in this nation and I'm excited. So let's just celebrate Nanda right now and we with you, love, and we believe in you and we're cheering you on. Um, you're a great gift to this community. And so we are behind you, heart and soul, with you, heart and soul, should I say. Okay, I'm going to jump in because I don't have a lot of time left now that I've filled you in on my sorry little state of mind at the moment. But I wanted to talk to you today. Uh, um, for those of you who don't know, Dylan and I are on a little, um, we're on a bit of a journey of figuring out the best way to educate our children. And part of that has been to... Um, facilitate uh, some of the education of our children on our own so I'm doing that some people like to call it homeschooling I don't I don't really like to I'm back I'm back sorry about that um anyway so Kenzie and I have been really diving into this idea of um we've been looking at the second world war so we're reading a lot of literature around based on that time we've read the diary of Anne Frank Goodnight, Mr. Tom uh, we've read, we are reading um, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. There's just a lot of literature that we're reading around the Second World War. And so I've wanted to help her understand how it all started, that it, you know, it didn't just happen out of nowhere. And so we've been looking at dictators and um, the rise of Hitler. And in the study of this man, which is fascinating, he was in, evil to his inner core. But there is, there is so much from him that I'm just, I've learned so much and it has just confronted me in a way that I really believe is helpful for my everyday life. And um, look, there's a lot that I could speak in around there, but there was just one quote that jumped and hit me. It's, it's not going to leave me. I'm going to speak about it now. I'm probably going to preach about it, but I just wanted to bring it to you because I believe it's, it's life-changing. He said this. He was obviously talking about um, his leadership and his government and his strategy and this is the quote he says tell them a lie make it big make it simple and then tell them often enough and, and eventually they will believe it I want to say it again he said this tell them a lie make it big make it simple and then tell them often enough because eventually they will believe it this was his strategy for helping the nation believe that the Jews were going to compromise the purity of the German race. It was going to make them weak. So they needed to exterminate all weakness 
to ensure that Germany would be at its strongest so that it would never, it would be able to conquer Europe and never again be on the back foot like after the First World War. Because basically that's what he was trying to undo. He was trying to bring Germany back to a place of strength because they'd lost so much in the First World War. And so what he did is he told them a lie and he made it big, but he made it simple. And then he, he told them often enough subliminally, he told them in his speeches, he told them visually, he told them it often enough and eventually they believed it. So much so that ordinary men and women who would probably not have seen themselves as evil or able to commit heinous crimes, he got people to do extraordinary, horrendous things. And I've been to Auschwitz, I've been to that camp, I've stood in it. I don't believe there's a more evil place on earth. If, if there was a picture of hell on earth, it would be Auschwitz. It is the most horrendous, horrendous place I've ever been. This is what Hitler created, but it started in a lie. And it was big and it was simple. And he told them it often enough that they began to believe it. You can probably see where I'm going with this, but I want to I want to help you understand something today. Because if perhaps you're feeling stuck in your life, if you're struggling to live free, and uh, you have a very um, un unhealthy um, internal dialogue, I want you to see that I'm pretty sure, maybe 99% sure, it started because of a lie. And the devil is a liar. That is what I want you to hear today. The devil is a liar. He's called the ultimate deceiver, the great deceiving one. And everything that he does twists and distorts and blurs the truth so that people begin to do and become things that they were not created to do and not created to be. And it all started in the garden. It starts where the snake in, you know, the, the gener uh, Genesis is this beautiful creation poem. It tells us about the start of the world, the heart of God, and how they dwelt together, and his plan for creation, the intent of God's heart for humanity. It, it creates this amazing picture of what was in the beginning. It's an allegory, you know. And what happens is there's this amazing garden, and there's these two people, God's creation, he's formed them himself, and he walks with them in the cool of the day, there's intimacy, there's a father, father relationship, there's a creator and created relationship with Adam and Eve and God, and then what happens is the serpent enters the garden, and we know that the serpent is actually um, the devil himself um, in that form, and he comes, and he, what he does is he sows a seed of doubt and does that through subtly lying to them, questioning the intent of God, questioning his purposes for them, questioning why he said something, asking them if he really did say that. Um, he lies to them from the very beginning and he's been lying to us ever since. He's the great and ultimate deceiver, accuser of the brethren, the Bible tells us. And his lying, what it does is it sows seeds of doubt in us. And when we doubt God, and it's natural to do this, I think in our humanness we sometimes feel like we just don't know if we can believe God. And I want to set you free in this moment. That's okay. 
but it's not God's heart or intent for you to remain in a space where you doubt him because ultimately that is going to direct your decisions away from him rather than towards him. And that's the enemy's intent. He wants to sow seeds of doubt in us and allow them to grow and take root in our hearts and then paralyze our ability to choose God's way, which is the best way. We know that to be true. Um, and so I wanted to read to you, just with that in mind, as the enemy as a liar. Okay? You know this. I'm sure you know it. If you're hearing it for the first time, this is going to set you free. But in John 8, verse 1 to 12, I want to read you the story and quickly bring some truth home to you this morning. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts when all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to, to stone such a woman. But what do you say? Remember that. What do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And at this those who heard, heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. There are some things you need to catch here today that are going to set you up for success when you're faced with the lies of the enemy that are sometimes very loud, but sometimes very subtle. And they need us to be aware and present and awake so that we can, we can discern what is truth and what is not. In the story, I believe the Pharisees are a physical representation of the voice of the accuser, our enemy, the devil. And his accusations can come in many different sources. I don't know about you, but the accusations of the devil come at me through my internal dialogue. I sometimes don't even know that they're there. And suddenly when I become conscious about my thoughts, when I think about what I'm thinking about, I can then arrest the lies that I know are being planted in that moment and reject them in Jesus' name. But I have to be present to be aware what's going on. For you, it's perhaps come through people. People have spoken things over you or perhaps called you to things that you were not created for. And what's happened is you've believed these lies. Perhaps they were well-meaning people, but the reality is they were not speaking the truth of God. They had not partnered with his partnered with his heart for you and what's what's happened is seeds of doubt have been sown in your heart and I believe Jesus wants to come and make that right and by his power and by his name because you were not born to be bound by his accusation and his condemnation by the blood of Jesus you were set free amen and so here's a little tip for you the accusations of the devil, the things that you're thinking about, the words that are perhaps rotating over you or have been spoken of you, these lies are always condemning. They make you feel sick to yourself. Like you, don't, like you don't have anything to offer. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. I will never become something. I'm stuck here because of um, my past. I'm, I don't have... Um, 
life's unfair. It's just this very condemning, paralyzing space. If you find yourself there, I want to say to you, you're probably living with some form of lie that's taken root in your heart. And it's to ask the Holy Spirit, what What's going on here? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking these things? Help me to see the lies that I have perhaps believed about myself. And Jesus, come and replace that lie with truth. But I want to say to you girls, how are you going to know the voice of the accuser if you don't know the voice of truth? One of the most um, supernatural beautiful things that has happened in my life over the last 10 years is that I have absorbed myself within scripture and because I've done that I'm able to recognize that they don't sound the same they just don't there may be a slight similarity because the the enemy likes to distort truth but the reality is the truth of God the distortions and lies of the enemies they don't sound the same they don't they are different but it's, it's taken me knowing the truth, standing in that, partnering with it, even when I don't feel it, to help me to assess and discern the lies that the enemy has trying, is trying to implant in my heart, is trying to bring to my life, to sow seeds of doubt, that I would begin to question the heart of the Father towards me, question his goodness. And so in the story, what I love about it is there's like a three strategy um, they the accuser throw the um, woman before Jesus and they say to him what do you say they accuse her and then they ask a question what do you say I think we've got to be asking ourselves consistently what does he say when the accuser throws us at the feet of Jesus, oh, look at Tess. She is just so not living the way she should. She's completely missed the boat. She isn't prioritizing her children. She isn't leading the way that she should. She isn't, um, I don't know, stewarding the great gift that you've given her. She's dropping the ball. When he throws us um, under the bus, when he begins to accuse us, we've got to ask ourselves the question, what? does he say what does Jesus say and bring ourselves back to the truth um, because Jesus has the final say that's what I know to be true the enemy is like a snapping turtle all the time all the time snapping at us snapping at us snapping at us we've got to be able to just for a minute rise above that the sheer fatigue we feel around that consistent accusation and ask ourselves the question what does Jesus say? Because his words are final. He has the final word. And then we take our cue of what he has to say. And you know what I love about this story? This is the second thing I want to hear. What I want to say to you. They keep, um, they keep going on at him. And what he does is he just bends down and he writes in the sand. He pretends like he doesn't even hear. It's like, Jesus is like, sorry, what? You're like a snapping turtle in my ear. You're going on and on and on accusing my child. I'm not, I'm not even interested in what you have to say. Jesus responds to the accusations of the enemy as if he doesn't even hear them. And I want you to hear that today. Sometimes we are giving far too much time and attention to what the enemy has to say when Jesus is not even hearing it. All he sees is his finished work. He sees us covered in his blood, pure and made whole. 
mighty by the Spirit of God. He doesn't hear the accusations of the enemy, so why are we giving time to them ourselves? My hunch is that we don't necessarily know that what we are hearing or listening to is a lie. And then the third thing that I love from the story is, you know, they all leave <laughs> because they realize they're not getting anywhere with Jesus. He's not going to, he's not going to condemn her. He's, he's not going to do what they expect him to do by stoning her. So they end up leaving because he challenges them on their lives. He challenges them. And I think that's what Jesus does um, to the enemy on our behalf. He reminds him of who he is. He reminds him of his future and his destiny. He doesn't pay attention to what the enemy is saying about us. He points it back at him and he's, and he's like, no, 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 no. They are children of God and your destiny is destruction and um, death. <laughs> so scamper off, O oh, evil one of the world, and leave my child alone. Come back when you have something helpful to add. And I want to be able to respond this way as well. When the enemy comes at me with his accusations, I want to be able to say, um, just a reminder of who I am and who you're speaking to. Now off you go, because you're the condemned one. In Jesus' name, I am restored, set free by the finished work. And then just the last take home before we have to go, because the time is running out. Jesus does not condemn us. He didn't condemn this adulterous woman, which is what she's titled out as in the Bible. I think when we're going to get to heaven, Jesus is not going to be like, oh, this was the story about the adulterous woman. He's going to remind us that actually this was a story about a woman that he loved dearly. We've titled it something, but he's going to give it a new title to remind us that we are not defined by the ways and the stories that are happening here in this world. We are defined by heaven. And so the, the power of the story is that Jesus sends her away with no condemnation. And the truth is that is what he does to us too. By his finished work, we are not condemned. That's the truth. We can make really, really poor decisions. We can mess up. And we can, we can choose to do things that harm ourselves, harm other people, and ultimately hurt his heart. But not once are we condemned. Because his cross and his finished work dealt with that for all of time. We are made righteous, right with God by the finished work of the cross. There is nothing that we can do that can separate us from his great love for us. And that in itself motivates and fuels us and compels us towards living lives that move us towards him and not away from him. We are not condemned. We are set free in Jesus' name. That is the truth. And so you need to hear that this morning, that your accuser has no power. He has no authority. Jesus has all the authority. And if Jesus has all the authority, that means he has none. We give him undue power and space in our lives to speak and to act. I want to encourage you this morning to shut him out. That's actually me preaching to myself. Tell the devil to shut up. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to continue listening to this. It's not the voice of God. It does not sound like truth.
And so I reject it in Jesus' name. Get behind me, devil. Okay, that was a lot. I think what I want you to do, because you are all such incredible, beautiful studiers of the word, and you love to go on a journey with Jesus for yourself, I know. I want you to go and read through John 8, 1 to 12, and I want you to find within the story those three things. What does Jesus say about you? Write them down. Write some thoughts about what, who, what he says about you. Find them within scripture so that when you're not feeling it, you can go back to them. Remind yourself that when the enemy comes like a snapping turtle over your life, Jesus doesn't hear a word. He doesn't hear a word. And remember, if anything else, remember, you are not condemned, but you are set free by the blood of Jesus. And that is the truth over you today. That is our hope. That is our joy. That is our expectation. And so I'm going to pray for you quickly and then we're going to go and you are going to go and study and be amazing and be in touch because I love hearing from you. Okay, thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We'll receive your gift of the finished work of Christ this morning. And we thank you, God, that we are not condemned that you made a way for us to, to be right with you. And so you receive that as a gift. I want to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to illuminate the lies that are perhaps taken root in every girl's heart, every single girl right now who feels like you've, you, you may be living with some form of lie, but you don't know what it is. I want to pray over you and trust and thank God and the Holy Spirit that he is going to reveal it in Jesus' name. And every lie that is there, he is going to pull it out like an unhealthy weed and he's going to replace it with truth, his truth. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are going to empower us by your... By your um, your grace to receive your truth. I pray that where there are blockages, where we are holding you at bay because we can't, we, we don't, not necessarily sure that we believe it to be true. I want to thank you that you're going to remove those barriers of doubt in Jesus' name. And so I thank you that you're doing a great work in all of us, that we are open and ready and expectant for it. And I just want to pray a blessing over you girls, a blessing of Jesus over you, his heart his way, his life, his truth. And I thank you, God, that you are for us, that you are for us. We can stand on the foundation and truth and knowledge, knowing that in you, Jesus, we have everything we need and we can be empowered to take the next step in our journey. In Jesus' name.